Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of uh, Pop Increase. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, we've not had a lot of uh, cricket happening over. I mean, we have had a lot of cricket happening over the last few weeks, but we haven't spent a lot of time talking about it. So, so I guess it's been a bit of an off season for us. So, well, I have our uh, usual guests with me, uh, Anand and uh, Ani. I mean, not guests, co-hosts. Uh, now so yeah um yeah so hi guys how have you been spending the off season uh i actually haven't been watching a lot of cricket since the final uh since the world test championship final i've been mostly watching other sports you know the euros uh nba finals right, right. the olympics but uh, i've kept uh, i've kept aware of what's going on in the cricket world i uh uh, you know, caught a little bit of the India Sri Lanka mm-hmm. stuff, um, just to see some of the young guys, uh, some of the some of the you know guys for the future of the yeah. team, uh, and also to see see how Dhawan captain is. To be honest, I, I actually kind of liked it. Mm. So uh, yeah, but that's about all the cricket that I've uh, I've been watching. I'm I'm actually just waiting for. Test season to start again. I mean, that's really <laughs> what I. <laughs> yeah, well, so the wait's not going to be longer because um, we we got tests coming back uh, in less than a week. Um, yeah. So, uh, did 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 you enjoy the India Sri Lanka series overall? Sri Lanka got got a series win. Uh, guess they have Krunal Pandya's COVID to thank a lot for it too. Apart from also no disrespect, but some good good bowling and. All-round cricket from Hasranga. Yeah, uh, I mean it was fine. It was fine. There was uh, I. I don't think the quality was really to the level that you know you usually expect. That I would have expected from an India Sri Lanka game. You know, mm. if I like, you know, I started watching when these two teams were like at the peak. Right. The yeah. Power. So uh, it was kind of weird. Uh, there was this old tri series I remember watching, which was. Um, India, Sri Lanka, and uh, Zimbabwe, where both India and Sri Lanka sent their B teams. And it was kind of mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Although, again, it's sort of fun in its own right. But yeah, I don't think the the quality of the cricket was really up to, uh, up to snuff. I thought it was really weird that in one of the games, India played with uh, seven seven bowlers and five batsmen. Uh, yeah, but and uh, I, that's <laughs> COVID-related, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah I those know. are the only 11 available, I think. Yeah, I mean, that was really amazing. I mean, I love it when uh, extraneous circumstances mean you have to feel like a really weird roster. So, mm. yeah, I mean, but that should tell you, right, uh, how kind of ultimately insignificant the series really was. Apart from, <laughs> you know, just scouting out uh, some of the young younger guys. Yeah, and I think uh, what I feel most sorry for from that series is uh, Sandeep Warrior uh, probably never going to get another India cap and his only India cap is going to reflect some pretty poor figures. But I feel pretty bad for him, actually. Yeah, I guess I, I think the other T20 series were a lot more entertaining. Um, South Africa, Ireland had its fun bits. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ireland did show a lot of promise. So, that was one thing I liked. Mm. England, Pakistan was quite good. At least, Pakistan it was just being carried over by Rizwan and Babur. But... Still, it was at least somewhat competitive uh, as compared to that very ordinary ODI series. Mm-hmm. Um, the South Africa West Indies T20s were quite nice. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, the Australia West Indies T20s were definitely one to forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I watched the highlights of the first game of Australia West Indies. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I think Australia have had, like, in my memory, they've had a few, like, Collapses from like just absolutely dominant positions, and it's always like amazing and surreal to see like such an epic choke job uh, mm. from a team like that. So uh, that was that was kind of fun. But yeah, I've, I've from what I gathered, most of the series was pretty pretty average. Uh, yeah. So I I guess I had like quite a few takeaways too from those series. Like I mean, if I have to say with like. Uh, both the South Africa series, I think the biggest win was uh, South Africa got a much more dominant bowling attack now. 
um, at least they're functioning well together, if not in isolation. Shamsi is really the leader of the pack. And um, I mean, I, I have no idea when the last time a spinner was leading the bowling attack for a South African outfit. So that's pretty cool to watch. Um, with, with the England-Pakistan series, though, uh, I think the biggest takeaway was Liam Livingston's form. Uh, he, he just seems like one of those guys, like, you know, um, you know, like built out of the Pollard sort of uh, framework. He, he comes in complete brute force, good striking, and he, he kind of makes you win games out of nowhere or at least take you really close when you had no business being anywhere. So, yeah, that was a pretty entertaining uh, set of innings to watch whenever Liam Livingston was out the bat. Uh, so, yeah, those were my highlights of that month. Um, yeah, but uh, I guess moving on to the other big highlight of uh, the off-season, it's been the new, let's say, bastardized version of cricket, which is sort of taking over uh, T20s. What do you guys think of the 100? Fail, success, I mean, have you guys followed it? I was a little late to it, I must admit, because I didn't see the point of uh, truncating T20s even further. But yeah, this is purely for television reasons. I think the BBC uh, was getting pretty miffed over the uncertainty uh, in T20 times and they wanted to be able to show their programs at correctly 9.30 or or something like that. Mm. But one thing which I really like about the 100 is some of their new rules, which I think could be applied even in T20 as well. I don't think there's a necessity to change the format altogether. I think the continuous, like the 10 balls um, of continuity with no um, rotation or strike is a brilliant idea. And I think the removal of the crossover rule is absolutely excellent for bowlers. I mean, one thing which I thought would happen is that since there are 20 balls... uh, lesser than that of T20s. I expected a lot bigger scores. But, um, I mean, if you have to speak in run uh, runs per over terms, it crossed 10 per 10 runs per over only once, if I'm correct, in, in one game. So, mm-hmm. that's, it just shows that these new rules have really made it um, a lot more competitive for bowlers as well. And one great rule was the, uh, was the tactical over rate uh, rule where if you exceeded a time to bowl a particular number of balls, uh, one uh, extra fielder comes inside the circle. I thought that was a brilliant rule. I think those three rules could definitely be added to T20 and I think T20 could be a lot more fun as well. Yeah, I definitely feel like the IPL needs the the boundary, I mean, sorry, not the boundary, the the late over penalty thing because otherwise games are just going into four plus hours almost pretty reg- regularly and that's it's it's kind of not what uh what you'd want from like a proper t20 game because you usually wanted to end in three three and a half hours but like it's it's t20 was first brought in as a format that could give you good quality of cricket it's entertaining and most importantly it was supposed to not be too time consuming but now it's it's completely gone off the rails especially with a lot of these advertising gimmicks that are there like the CRT or strategic timeout in the IPL. So I, I do feel like the late over penalty, that's that's a pretty good rule to add to the IPL and maybe all T20s overall. Um, yeah, but uh, otherwise, I think the 100 has also done a massive job to promoting uh, women's cricket. It's I actually feel like the women's games have been a lot more fun than the men's games. And um, like I haven't personally watched a lot of women's international matches, but uh, the hundreds really made me a huge fan of the women's game. Uh, so, yeah, I might actually pick up watching bilateral series and maybe a lot more of their international tournaments too, because uh, it, it feels like the quality is definitely there and uh, the hundreds done a great job of bringing that out to a lot more people in the public, uh, not just like uh, through broadcast, but also like uh, they've definitely done a great job in bringing crowds to the games but uh but yeah so uh honey have you have you followed the 100 or uh, i have not followed the 100 i think the thing is the 100 was and 2020 cricket in general is built to not appeal to me because my favorite way of watching <laughs> cricket is having it 
on my TV while I work in the mm. background throughout. And the, I really like the lulls in cricket. Like it's a gradual buildup of tension where yeah. <laughs> you're just, I, I really like that pacing of the game. So it's, I, I, I don't, I'm not like a format purist per se, but I just like the vibe mm. that uh, a long game gives you. Like I, I like the nine hour timeline but uh i i actually had a lot to say about the 100 which is uh which is going to be even better because i know nothing about it which makes this opinion incredibly uninformed but <laughs> i i think i saw um i saw that they they are uh, streaming the 100 for free on youtube or something right or uh, or on yeah, not, uh, not in India, or on bbc in most um, it depends uh, on the country yeah. so since i'm in the okay. netherlands now um they are trying to make it more accessible um, yeah, nations which generally don't follow cricket that much, so that's why it comes on YouTube. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, it's not going to be like that in India or wherever. Yeah, generally. I think I think using the sort of the live streaming uh, model with like where like it's free live streaming, but I guess you're recouping things in advertisements. I mean, cricket is like an over-advertised sport anyway, so I think that's I I really like that idea of broadcasting cricket. Uh, I think if some if twitch can somehow manage to get one of these cricket leagues to be like if that's if they're one of the partners i, I think that just helps to grow the game of cricket like i've seen chess uh become like a big deal thanks to twitch so like i feel like yeah. online free streaming sites should should be the way to go honestly actually uh, um west indies and um west indies and pakistan have done that for again non um cricketing nations like the Netherlands. So uh, you could see even uh, West Indies, Pakistan and New Zealand matches on YouTube. Yep. Uh, it is just that they won't be telecasted in the major cricketing nations. Even even the ICC has picked up this model. So uh, the recent Zimbabwe-Bangladesh yeah. test match was uh, streaming for free on the ICC website. Of course, not if you're in a country which already has an official broadcaster, like uh, not broadcast, but he's an official streamer like India. Where we had fan code uh, streaming the game live. Uh, if you were in from another country, like say Singapore or even Netherlands, you could cast the game on the ICC website. So yeah, they're definitely looking into the online streaming model. Yeah, and the countries that you mentioned, it makes a lot of sense because these are like the associate nations and stuff, and you really want to grow exactly. the sport there. So, but I had a bunch of no- so one of the things I feel like uh, I feel like the hundred is try like essentially the idea is to bring new viewers, young viewers into cricket, make it more exciting, uh, make it like this ultimately televised product package. So I think they should go even further in the gimmick direction, right? Mm-hmm. So I had like a few, uh, I had like a few thoughts, okay? So the first thing is, what do people want to see when they see cricket? They want to see force, they want to see sixes, they want to see wickets. So yeah. I think what they should really do is, uh, they should probably make the pitch super bowling friendly, but they should make the boundaries uh, shorter, smaller. Right? Mm. Uh, Hong Kong sixes style stuff, but like you maybe play with a pink ball or something like that. You know, like make it make it hard for the batsman to hit it, but like mm. you know you can you can clear the rope easily. Uh, the second thing uh, I thought was uh, start bringing in a substitution rules. So these are like fifteen men men squads. So use the squad for every game. You know, have your best bowlers play. Uh, throughout the 100 deliveries, have your best batsman play throughout the 100 deliveries. Right. Uh, then again, another rule from Hong Kong Sixers slash charity games, uh, batsman rotations. If you get 30, rotate out. Hmm. And you have to wait for three other batsmen to like end their innings so they before you come go back in. So you don't have to like wait for like tail-enders to go hmm. batting before you, you get back. Uh, I think um, this... I like this thing where you have... Uh, you, it's either five bowlers or ten consecutive balls. Maybe try this thing where you bowl two guys in tandem. So you can have ten balls where it's five-five in tandem. That's another type of over that you can. You play. can do that in in the yeah, hundred. That's that's already there. Five yeah. balls is the no minimum. no as in as in, as in as in alternating like you know. Uh, oh, so one ball A and then one ball. Yeah, B. Yeah, one ball B oh, for no. ten balls for ten balls. Okay, uh-huh. okay, right. That's the third type of uh, you know quote unquote over that you can try. Hmm. Uh, like just basically try all of these different things, see how people respond to it. Like see how newer fans respond to it. See if that actually like changes the way the game is played. I mean, the the meta completely changes if you have all of these rules, right? 
Um, so, and I think you can remove like bowler limits. I think the max of 20, I mean, do we really need it? It's like, it's, it's a short game anyway. It's not like uh, your bowlers are going to be bowling their guts out. And the final thing is perhaps they could try to schedule it somehow so that it's kind of like an international experience where you have a few more like world superstars taking part in it. Maybe a shorter mm-hmm. uh, tournament, but with more big names in it, maybe uh, something and like that. Actually, I think it was going to be something like that. Loads of the Australians actually pulled out. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the regulations. Yeah. But I think that they should work with, like, they should at least try to get, like, the BCCI to go with this. If they're not, oh, definitely. BCCI, right? Like, get, get some of the Indians, get some of the mm-hmm. Australians, you know, keep it in such a slot where they can actually, you know, uh, when you've mm-hmm. got all the biggest names kind of uh, yeah, uh, w- working mm-hmm. on it. Because a lot of these uh, T20 leagues and, uh, you know, this 100, is it's being played during the main, like, season. So now the test mm-hmm. matches are going to start, so you're not seeing any of the... You're not going to be seeing, the, you know, Joe Root or, um, I don't know, is, is Archer Josh in the... Butler. Josh Butler. Archer, is Archer. Archer is not in the test squad for the first two tests, yeah. So. Yeah, but then, yeah, so so I think I think that should be. So I think they should probably, if they're going to be sort of gimmicky for the sake of television, I think they should go mm-hmm. all out on it in trying to get it. Like, treat this like, you know, be like ultimate her- heretics yeah. on this. Right, because otherwise you're 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 giving a product that's too similar to 2020, but like you know marginally better. So and and is this replacing the T20 blast or is that still a thing? Because no, that's, that's still like, a thing. That's still a thing. Okay, so yeah. that's an overload of cricket. So I think they need to think yeah. about that as well. So maybe cons- I think ICC needs to think about how 2020 is done as well, where mm-hmm. it's like let's consolidate, let's make 2020 like a, a consolidated thing, not have all of these leagues just throughout the year. And people playing in, in in multiple leagues or something, and then I think mm. then then there needs to be sort of like an, a, a demarcation of what games play when, so you actually have the ability to play all of your best players for True, yeah. all, all of these big series, right? And so I think instead of playing like instead of having you know uh, the big bash take place right alongside you know the Ashes mm. or India Australia, you know have you know maybe maybe plan that stuff a little better. So yeah, I. I I think this is a good step in the right direction, but I think, you know, it would be cool if they can take it, like, much further. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Even, yeah, like, I guess, like, a product is also going to get better with more more time given. Like, uh, I mean, like, that's what happened with the IPL. It started off, and then over years, it's it's expanded, contracted, done different yeah. scheduling, caravan methods of scheduling everything so yeah i mean yeah, it's so not I stagnated guess, a little bit though right like it's it's a little bit, a little bit. I yeah think, a little bit uh, yeah it might need a little bit of a second wind uh, yeah somewhere. which is which is why these gimmicks coming out of the bbl and the 100 are good because now the bcci sort of has a beta version to look at and then try and see how these rules can sort of be implemented into the ipl so um maybe we have a Nice surprise waiting for us when the 2022 season starts, you know, with all the squad resets and everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, moving on to to uh, our next discussion point, which is also uh, probably going to uh, excite all the panelists over here, including me, uh, which is the return of the World Test Championship. We're into season two soon. Uh, season one just ended a couple of months back not even less than a couple of months back so it's a pretty quick turnaround in fact new zealand are still touring around with the mace all over the country so um yeah uh what do you, what do you guys what do you guys think are, are you are you guys excited for the season two of the wtc um i'm not too excited because they didn't really change anything i'm not excited for the championship itself i think we kind of mentioned this in the in our uh, recap of the finals yeah and the tournament as a whole but uh i i'm not a fan of like the the level of asymmetry that's being that's going on with the mm-hmm. uh that's going on that i i think it's just too different i think it's kind of unfair to some teams and um i actually and and i think it's unfair to teams that are uh, like it's 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 already geared towards teams that are already like the wealthiest boards uh, there anyway. So I think that the format should have been given a little more thought. 
as far as individual series like uh, yeah obviously uh, uh, like you know the ashes india australia you know i i'm going to enjoy all all of those things you know um uh so like there are a bunch of really good series within it and i'm yep. uh, and i think the way test sides are right now i don't think any side is particularly that dominant i think we can mm-hmm. get interesting results from all of these series so i from that perspective yeah i'm excited for the individual series themselves but i i the tournament itself now uh, i don't i i think they should have taken more time to mm-hmm. look at the format and see if that actually works yeah which is also like you know we just spoke about how a product keeps evolving with with more time it, it feels like the wtc hasn't really evolved yet so um yeah uh, disappointed in that regard too but yeah i completely agree with you on the quality of series that are going to be coming ahead actually the first few series itself in the edition feature india england india new zealand india south africa and the ashes so i mean can it get more blockbuster than that i mean one more thing which i guess is very interesting is that pakistan have the best schedule here yeah? and if they play their cards right they could easily make the final but they I mean, also pakistan so i mean <laughs> yeah no but i'm at least happy that some other side gets um, a chance to do well i mean i india new zealand um maybe australia were our usual suspects so it's nice yeah. to see pakistan get a good shot but they do have a tricky home series and the thing we have to know is that yazir shah is no longer the force he was and um normally is pakistan's main spinner and yazir shah is not at great in pakistan either so the biggest threat is going to be pace which is hasan ali and if hasan ali continues his form then sure pakistan can definitely make the final so yeah. it's, it's contingent on one pace bowler essentially that's a big if because pakistan's recent crop of pace bowlers i don't even think anybody is like strung together like a year or two years worth of like high quality play like i think that's been like the biggest like hasan ali in the champions trophy looked like a world beater and then like immediately after he did well and then completely dropped off a cliff and then now he's regained that form again the same it's happened to abbas as well abbas for one yeah calendar he looked like the best uh, best bowler in the world and then yeah, now he was just, like the closest they got to mohammad asif but like again never yeah. lived up to that potential exactly so i i i feel like you know this being a two year thing i don't know if like hasan ali is going to maintain that form for like an appreciable length of time there so that's a big i mean they're they're depending a lot on a like a major asterisk there you know yeah yeah quite 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 fair that um but also it's interesting to see how um some of the big sides actually fare too because um if you think about it all the all the big out of the big four let like, which let's say we we're going to include new zealand obviously now in that because they're the champions so you can't not include them in the big four um all of them have very uh easily exploitable weaknesses uh england not that great with spin very very poor away from home um lack a lot of squad depth in terms of uh, batting we saw that pretty clearly in the home series versus new zealand just a few uh, weeks back new zealand don't uh, don't really travel that well especially if they have to play a lot of series in asia so uh, that's going to be another thing that they might want to improve on india traditionally not great travelers have done well in the recent past uh, but uh, they never won a series in south africa so uh, that's maybe maybe this is the best time they could because how uh, this south african squad is still in rebuild phase but uh, the recent performances have been giving me some hope that south africa would still keep that record intact um, but yeah i mean and australia we know we know how i mean i don't even get me started on australia like i i feel like they completely need a overhaul uh langers probably overstayed his time i don't think the players are really buying into his philosophy and i think maybe they're going in the right direction with like the appointment of george bailey as the selector but i think they really need a big systemic overhaul i think new zealand is almost a lock for the finals again because yeah. they they're playing a home series against Bangladesh, South Africa and Sri Lanka two mm-hmm. matches each. I mean that is like <laughs> an 
easy 360 points right there like they they yeah. are i think just on the basis of their home series they they're going to like they're almost lock for yeah uh, but for the final their away series is what i'm concerned i mean they have pakistan and india and both of them are not easy. i i think new zealand will lose two nil and a lot is going to hinge on ajas patel who clearly looks their most promising spinner but um will he there get rachel ravindra who is an all rounder whom yeah. i i hope he'll come maybe break into the squad but he is an open and i don't think you can expect too much from him in the bowling department i think mm. it's going to be ajas patel and maybe will samavil santner for me is a lost cause in test cricket and i would rather <laughs> not pursue him. i would just play maybe another pacer because bolt has done well in asia saudi has done well in asia and wagner has the game to do well anywhere and there's jameson also so right. i would i would just think everything if ajas patel clicks then maybe they can do well and get some good results in asia yeah definitely i think a lot hinges on how well they tour they they didn't tour super well during the last wtc phase but in the same period they did pretty decently in the uae and also in sri lanka so um yeah like i mean i guess uh, again it hinges on how well they perform away to but yeah they probably have one of the best routes to the final uh, but yeah like moving towards the other big two teams uh, in the big four uh, india and england who are going to start their uh, set of games in under 5 days uh, it's the first series of the wtc second edition um i let's let's focus on the home side first um England coming off like after a pretty dismal run in test cricket uh, the A team had a horrendous show in India after like a lot of massive confidence boosting wins in Sri Lanka uh, completely kept, kept capitulated in India didn't really do anything of uh, any metal against New Zealand at home but that was mostly their second string squad um, now the one of their best run scorers has taken an indefinite break uh, joe root's home form is questionable and they didn't really change their 20 man squad that toured india uh, so uh, i think their only addition is ali robinson uh, and Mark, matt parkinson's been left out for some reason he was definitely better than i mean i, I think he's a definitely better spinner than best so yeah i mean i, I really don't see where the england test squad is going uh, what do you guys think be fair <clears throat> they don't have any other better options i think now in england in england at least um, the openers have done reasonably well i mean i know a lot of australians have kind of dissed uh, a lot about sibley and burns because the australians generally don't like plodders but i think sibley and burns have done well in england at least they've got some 50 to 70 odd run partnerships and they have blunted the new ball well it's the issue is from there what they're going to do about it and the only other guy who has shown a bit of promise is dan lawrence who did reasonably well in the in uh, new zealand series but even that is nothing outstanding or something to look forward to but yeah in, in the thing with um, the england home series is that they might be preparing for ashes so they might even make it a lot more batting friendly which would seem kind of strange because this is a wtc match and um india could easily exploit england if it's a lot more batting friendly because ashwin will come into play then and england have as you yeah. very well know a dubious techniques against ashwin and he's definitely going to run all over them so i i don't see any reason for them to risk a wtc game and play all batting wickets but i don't see anyone in in this england squad to do well i my entire um hope to say the least for england hinges on the tail because they can bat deep and india hasn't been able to exploit that batting depth very well True. i mean robinson can bat well i mean decently karan is back again there's no wokes but and that is a problem because once stokes is left uh, wokes is a clear uh, absentee and that Yeah, he's, he's, he's done and works as a very good record in England. Hmm. I mean, for all you can say, talk about his away record was England record is phenomenal, and he's such Why a. Why is he left out? He's injured. He's injured. Oh, Apparently, yeah. I don't know. They've been telling excuses 
for works for a long time because I mean, uh, I remember they clearly gave us the answer right like chris works can't play two games on two two consecutive days so i mean if you can't do two odis how is he going to play a five day test match <laughs> i know i mean that's ridiculous because clearly is the best odi bowler and and there are even talks uh, of him being their best odi bowler ever i leave that to mm-hmm. them to debate about it but he's a solid asset for them in odis and in tests i i i i see him as an automatic shoe in in this squad because there's yeah. no stokes and he's definitely going to give you that balance but hopefully i guess from the third test he should return but in the bowling on the bowling front england have no issues and they if they play their cards right like at least in terms of the tail that is going to you know push them towards victory rather than that top order wait did i actually yeah. hear some people say wokes is their best odi bowler ever yes wait what Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, a, it's a narrative that's come out of the uh, the Sri Lanka series when he's been like just he's just been bowling phenomenally well in that series. Yeah, but I mean, is he their best ODI bowler right now? Yes. Even? Like I mean, yes, I know he's yeah. very good. definitely. I would I would definitely like, say he's their best ODI bowler right now. I mean, the Australia victory where they managed to get uh, where Boaks and Archer managed to get Australia all out for one forty. I mean. I was some of the best ODI bowling that I've seen. I mean, Wokes is such an underrated bowler because he's quite—he's not very, uh, you know, he's not flashy like Archer and something like that. But he's very, very effective. So you'd say he's like even better than like Rashid right now, like clearly. Definitely. I mean, Rashid yeah. can be very expensive in ODIs. Wokes is is amazing with the new ball, and he's very economical. I guess, yeah. I mean, because I—I I actually, I—I I don't think there's that much of a. gap but best odi bowler ever like i mean i know anderson and broad have not played odis in a long time but they were pretty excellent swan flintoff like i i mean this i i i have no how did this narrative come i mean he, like you said he's very underrated right like i wouldn't have thought uh <laughs> this would have been the narrative like this would be the guy that they rallied around i thought archer would be more the type of dude that you make you know grandiose claims about Yeah, I mean, I guess it's because Wokes has been there for five, six years, quietly uh, doing his job without any acknowledgement. So I guess it they thought it was finally time for his due. I mean, yeah, let's See? just ignore the let's See ignore this? the best ODI bowler ever claim for now. I mean, what I would say is he's definitely one of the best in the world, and uh, I don't see any reason as to why he can't play two ODIs in a row. <laughs> Do, yeah, do you guys just I, I, think uh, there's there's this like one guy uh, in in some office somewhere deciding every year which which bowler gets picked on as the best and to be hyped? <laughs> I mean, uh, who who've been the other like weird candidates? Like, do you remember any like that 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 mm. when the narrative just started out? Because I'm not that in tune with. Uh, I mean, until until. Until Tabrez Shamsi started performing the way he did this year, there was a narrative that he shouldn't be the world's number one T Twenty bowler. So maybe oh. that that's probably one that comes close. Okay, okay, but uh, that's a, that's a really weird level of load management because I I don't rec- I don't really recall like Wokes being that injury prone. Like I've heard a lot of things about uh, Mark Wood. I've heard a lot of. things about jofra archer being you know these are the guys that you need to like rotate out and rest and these they're the load managed type dudes and it makes exactly. sense also the way they the way they bowl is pretty like you know uh, it it can be pretty taxing to the body mm-hmm. i never heard this about wokes i thought i always thought he was sort of the kind of like the metronome like you know he can kind of, he doesn't really uh, mm. re- require but but i guess i'm wrong about that I, as far as this england squad goes If there's any team that can play them into form at home, it's India, right? Like that's could very well happen that some of these guys have their career years. Like I think India sometimes they play like un- under their ability a lot, um, especially when it goes away. But I think with this England squad, I think they have a prime opportunity to win a series in England. Like. you know and mm. like credit to this indian team you know they took that opportunity when it was there when uh, smith and warner went there in yeah uh, at australia tour and somehow 
they won another they won it again when they had a full strength australian side to face so this indian test side is a lot more uh, you know do, does have a lot more of a uh, a will to win like a, a knack for winning games that they that they should so uh, i on that level my confidence is definitely higher but i think you know when it comes to uh this batting lineup the fact that stokes had to pull out uh is that's really that's deeply concerning because you know burns i think is probably going to give you a few 50 50 plus scores maybe but i don't really see him as being like an opening batsman that india fear i think i think they're going to get him out for a low score more often than not i i think again apart from joe root and it it, it remains to be seen you know how how well he will play like he's probably got a few beginnings in him but like you know josh butler johnny bairsto you know you you can expect a one or two games from mm-hmm. either of them so really it's it's hard to see where the strength in this um, england batting lineup side i think india can really capitalize on it the main thing is india's batsmen have not really been in the best mm-hmm. of form lately like pant is the guy that's coming off of a good run and i think rohit sharma is feeling pretty good about himself but i think everybody else is like really mm-hmm. you know they they desperately want to get a beginnings and um, england's biggest strength is at this point they're bowling you know current uh, robinson wood um, mm-hmm. broad anderson you know they were they were a plethora of options uh, the trent bridge wicket might be a good wicket to start off on i think for the indian batsmen i think they will be uh, they'll get like a really good wicket for them i think if they bat first on day one uh, on the first pitch uh, on, uh, on in trent bridge then i think um, they can really play themselves in perform and uh, take it, take a take an advantage yeah. in the series i really think the series is, is for the taking for india i think um, it it might actually put a little undue pressure on the on the team because uh, you know this is arguably the strongest side in the world right. this is yeah. right so yeah i think i think they they really have to look at look at the win for the series right now before we just be content if they won a game in england mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i i think the series is ripe for the taking yeah that's that's definitely been like one change in the attitude of how the indian team now tours cuz um, previously i guess like pre 2016 when india toured you you generally hope for one win and maybe a draw at the most especially if it's more than a three match series uh but now after those two wins in australia it it feels like india now go abroad with the intention of coming back home with at least a level series if not a series win so uh it's definitely been a massive change in attitude and the way team plays when they tour yeah but coming coming to how england would line up uh there's there's a lot of uh talk on how it's like just like how anand also mentioned that a lot of australians are talking about how uh burns and sibley probably not the best openers and yeah they they tend to hate on plodders but i also i don't disagree with their point because um i don't think you can have both burns and sibley opening especially because uh some of the like i wouldn't i don't completely buy into the uh point that there's no actual backup um james wins i think he's definitely become an improved cricketer and it's time that he gets a go i don't think johnny bestow should have been pulled out of the 100 and i think david malan would have been a better choice too so i i, I don't think england are actually picking their best players for even if they want to treat it as a practice for the ashes because you can't go in with a failing strategy already like okay a best was probably going to score some runs because it's home and balls not going to turn majorly but would you really want to go in with like a player who's not going to give you that bucket of runs always whereas a malan or a wins might it it might fail then you can always come back to your bestos and siblies but you know it's still a better option try out these guys i would have liked to see malan and folks honestly on the in the squad but yeah go ahead anand no nothing i i think basto shouldn't be in the squad in england at all um and um you said uh, it's not going to turn i actually think his technique is better when the ball is turning than when it's swinging because he's extremely weak against in swing and we saw siraj exploited in india very well and he did this in yeah. india where it didn't swing that much <laughs> imagine in england and and look where can you play him essentially you can only play him at one position which is number 
because Stokes isn't there. And Lawrence yeah. has definitely done a lot better to merit that position rather than Barstow. So, if you play Barstow number three, that's too early for him. And you're you basically going to see him being castled in every innings. And I don't, I don't think Barstow should be in the squad at all. As for Sibley, in England at least, to defend him a little, he has done the job they require. He's at least ensured that he's taken the sheen of the new ball before Root comes. Which is quite good for Root because that's why Root was always uh, worried about playing at number three rather than number four. Because he he always used to come when the ball was quite new. And with Sibley, he at least ensures that he can play a little later. One option would be to play Hamid at two and Sibley at three. So that they can have a perfect um, one, one more uh, attacking batsman and a defensive opener, and then mm-hmm. a blood, a kind of a blunt, a plodder in Sibley, because Crawley has done extremely poorly, and picking players on potential is not going to work mm-hmm. for them now. Yeah. So I think Amit, um, Sibley, and um, Burns can start, and that would be a good, uh, at least a dependable batting order, because Amit also hit runs on the in the practice game. So, I think yeah. that'll be good. And Lawrence is my number five, Butler six. The question for England is since there's no works, are they going to play the seventh batsman? Or are they going to stack it with three bowling all-rounders like Curran, Robinson and Overton? That is the major question. I and think for I, me, I, Sam Curran is, a, is, is one of the first names on the sheet. Especially because now they lack a left-hand, uh, left-handed batsman in Stokes. So, I think Karan is sort of going to give them that option. Plus, he also scored a lot last time India visited. Yeah, it's just that number seven might be too high for him. True, yeah. And uh, and, and Robinson can bat. I mean, I'm, the only thing we can count on is India's poor record against the tail. Mm. Uh, that's it. But will, will England be willing to take that risk? I'm not sure. I think they should. I think you, you have a good chance of... Liberty the Indian bat- batting lineup if you play all four of Curran, Anderson, Broad, and Wood. Play Curran at seven and uh, get either, you can get either Robinson, you, whoever bats well, or you could play even Leach as the remaining guy. But I think um, if, you, like, I, I don't know if having another, like, pure batsman is going to help all that much uh, at, at that point. I think if you Take the risk on India's India's death. You you know that Broad is going to get some runs. You 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 might even see Anderson get some runs uh, with this Indian <laughs> bowling lineup, right? So I I think you can take that kind of risk uh, and play uh, the two bowling all rounders in uh, at seven and eight, and uh, just hope to God that you know someone in the top order can make enough to give you a respectable score because. Um, like I, I, they need to play to their strengths. I think. I think their strength is their bowling attack, and I think they need to go all out there. Uh, I, I like the Hamid sort of this thing. I think they should try it. I like Crawley's technique. I, I honestly like watching him more than I do Burns and Sibley. I like, and I think the the concept of putting Sibley at number three and utilize him like how India utilized Pujara to just you know sort of blunt the opposition and tire them out. I think I think that's probably the best place to play him but uh, I think mm. it's it's weird they, they didn't replace uh, Stokes at all with uh, anybody else or is that because of the bubble restriction it's there? Overton actually Overton wasn't there in the squad yeah. before and now he's in the squad because Stokes left. he's kind of like a bowling I, all-rounder so yeah, that's an I, I think I think they should have they shouldn't have tried to get an all-rounder they should have gone for another pure batsman yeah in that squad I think that would have made them feel a lot better about themselves. I think the um, other thing that they could have also tried is uh, sticking with James Bracey. He's not going to keep, obviously, with both Besto and Butler available. So, you could actually stick him in his best spot, which is number three. He scored a lot lot of runs this season. Uh, I think they should have tried to get him back into the team, give him more confidence. The funny thing about this England squad is it feels like they're trying to rebuild. But this is like... This is an aging, aging roster, right? Like now, I mean, Butler and Bairstow, it, it still feels like they're new to test cricket. It still feels like you're trying to figure test cricket out with them. And, you know, Burns is like 30. And, and like everybody's old in this team. It's like a really aging roster. And I, I feel like I, I don't see like the light at the end of the tunnel where like 
two years down the line, you have a side of world beaters where, like, I, you know, I feel like a lot of these guys are just going to leave the test, uh, test side. They either retire or they might not be fit enough to be picked anymore. So I, I just think this is really weird test policy by England when it comes to, like, mm-hmm. really trying to develop a, a solid test side. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think like there's there are a couple of guys who they could they would want to try like uh, but uh, those guys are also not really maintaining the code of conduct and behavior standards that the ECB expects. Like there's one guy, Joe Clark. He's supposed to be one of their best potential talents who can play all formats, but um, again caught in a lot of mess and probably signed off on his uh, England. Uh, career even before it started so yeah there's been a lot lot happening behind the scenes and there's maybe something that ECB want to actually focus on maybe like a massive culture change so they don't lose a lot of their players to bad behavior I thought you were going to say Alex Hales for a sec (laughs) (laughs) Alex Hales in the test squad yeah oh my god they did try him remember Cook had some 12 opening partners before they settled on Burns, which is actually one of the points. Burns should have been come uh, in the squad a long time ago. It's just that the England policy was quite bad and they ruined Bastos and Moin Ali's career to accommodate Josh Butler. So, yeah, that's why it still feels as if they're finding their feet because they didn't handle their talents properly. Bastos was a proper number seven. He was doing very well there and they decided they needed Butler and that ruined his career entirely because he was shuffled up and down the order and that proved to be his downfall. Yeah, I guess like we keep going on about how poor the English test side is in at least managing and getting out their best. Uh, but yeah, moving moving on to the other team in this uh, series, which is uh, India. A um, lot of injury concerns with the Indian team. Uh, Shuman Gill's back home. They've, they've called in for like Prithvi Shaw and Surya Kumar Yadav to be one of the replacements. Uh, Washington Sundar's flying off too. So, uh, what do you guys think? How do you think India are actually going to line up in this first test? So, Virat Kohli, I mean, just after the WTC final, he did say he wanted a lot more positivity from his players, which really puts a spotlight on Pujara. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it kind of seems unthinkable, but Pujara hasn't done well since that Australian series average around 28. The only thing which will definitely make him play the first test is that Rahane is probably injured for that test. So, they definitely would want Pujara in that spot. Now, I think um, they're going to give Rahul another shot. Though Kohli does like Vihari because Rahul did well in the practice game. So, that's an option. So, I think the first test is going to be an acid test for Pujara. I think he will start. But uh, if he doesn't do well and his record in England isn't great, if he doesn't do well, I think we might see Rahul at number three. And uh, you might even see someone like Vihari at number three if Rahul doesn't do well either. So, um, this is going to be a, an acid test for a player who's already been part of the squad for a long time. But the biggest thing for India is the absence of a pace bowling all-rounder, which does uh, put a question on how well the squad can adapt when their bowlers get tired. And uh, Jadeja, for me, has to play because his batting is quite good. And at least whatever spin he offers isn't bad by any means. Mm. So, the question is how does Siraj get into his side? And this is a very, very difficult question to ask. For me, I think Shami did well in the WTC final. You can't drop him. Ishan Sharma has been India's best bowler in England, mm-hmm. which leaves Bumrah out. And... Though I know it, it seems impossible, I think Siraj has to make it into the squad. Better late than never. Because Siraj is the guy for me who looks like he has a plan and he's quite aggressive. And someone has got to go, I think it has to be Bumrah. I think, we'll, so I'll start with the bowling. But I actually think it's not that difficult a choice. So, but I think what India will do is I think they'll start with Bumrah, Shami and Ashant because they've been the guys that they've, you know, written with for the last, you know, how many ever so years. But I think this is a bowling lineup you have to constantly rotate. Like, you know, this this is a tough decision for something like, say, the World Test Championship Finals, where you're like, okay, now I, now it's like do or die. I have to pick, you know, only three of these guys. But I think throughout this series, I think they have to rotate. Like you saw, Ishan Sharma just being absolutely gassed at the end of the World Test Championship Finals. I don't think this dude's going to be playing 
a lot of back-to-back games. I don't think he's going to be playing a lot going forward. I think Shami and Bumrah need to be man load managed extensively, especially as they're getting uh, into their prime. Like Bumrah is getting into his prime, Shami's getting a little older. So I think Siraj and they potentially might even have to find a, a fifth guy, not named Shardul Thakur, to uh, you know be be a part of this rotation. But I That's think Umesh Yadav, by the way. <laughs> So and he's he's actually done well in the practice there. So that's another option. Yeah, but I think I I think uh, Siraj fits in perfectly because I think it's always good to have the fourth or the fifth guy that's up that is starting that is starting caliber. And I think that's been hold on though. Like I I think uh, when we are still talking about the, that last pace bowler and also talking about the lack of a pace bowling all rounder, don't you think that Shadul Thakur fits in that? He's he's the sweet spot between both those things because he can swing the ball, he can bat a bit. Um, so why not him? That I agree, but the only problem is his. Um, I mean, I know he did well in Australia, but his batting record mm-hmm. is not something India would be confident to play him up at number seven as an all-rounder. And see, the main problem with India is that their batting has looked pretty fragile. I mean, even in India, they were pretty fragile against an England attack, which was basically just Leach. Anderson and Stokes. So, I, I I think India do need strength in the batting. And Thakur has not yet established. A guy who's actually more established but who hasn't played test in a long time is Burnesh Kumar because his bat, his first-class average is actually around the 40s, which is a lot higher than Thakur for an all-rounder. So, I would... What I think is... I think Hardik Pandya is no longer a loss. He's a lost cause, I think, in test at least. It's pointless to harp about him. I think the best bet right bowl. now... He can't bowl that long. He, he, he can barely bowl like three. Yeah, exactly. So, it's best to groom the all-rounders you have. I think they have to... I, I don't think Shahrul Thakur should play the first test, but they should groom him and they should definitely look to fast-track Burnesh Kumar into a test squad so that he can be a proper all-rounder for them. I don't think we can try and fast-track Burnesh Kumar into anything. If you do that, you you lose him for another six months. Maybe yeah, Deepak Chahar is an option for that. I think Bhavnesh Kumar is even more of a lost cause than Hardik Pandya because like, I desperately want this guy to at least play all the ODIs and 2020s that are available. But like, if he's going to get injured every like two games that he plays, like, I think uh, I, I don't think... I, I think he's done in Test Match cricket. But I think the pace bowling all-rounder... I, I, I mean, I don't think Shahdur Thakur is good enough at either uh, this thing to, you know, really... Uh, claim his place above anyone uh, in the current lineup. Like I would still rather have Jadeja's additional batting to uh, oh, rather than just wanting an extra pace pace guy. I would rather have any of these bowlers' abilities over Shardul Thakur. Like I think if you want to play him in India as that kind of player, I, I'm totally for it. I think he can you know you can give him the new ball, get him to swing it, and he'll be a good late over option. And the thing with India's fragile batting lineup is that their bottom six have actually usually done better than their top six. Like <laughs> their tail is usually hung around just long enough for someone like Rishabh Pant or Ravindra Jadeja or Ashwin to get enough runs. There. Yeah, so, that's at home least. actually. That's more at home. And yeah. in a way, their record has been extremely poor. The tail. And yeah, that is but, another problem for India because but I think the tail can't problem, hang around away. Yeah, but the bigger problem with India, like the more obvious problem is the Top order is fragile, right? Like that. Mm. That should. I, I feel like if you have like a rock solid top six, if you have like New Zealand's top six to work with, I don't think anybody's complaining about like the fact that the tail can't back. Uh, yeah. So I I think with the I, I I don't know if like you know if we get a fast bowling all rounder, that's well and good. But like a re, a truly good fast bowling all rounder is is uh, gen is like he, it's not easy to find that kind of person. I mean, even getting Hardik Pandya in the first place was like a huge deal. Getting a guy like Vijay Shankar or Shivam Dubey itself is a huge... Like getting a guy even that good <laughs> who fits the bill of a fast bowling all-rounder. It, it's not easy for like any country. So, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we we really need to, uh, you know, um, I, I, I think we, we really need to like just look at our strongest possible lineup and rotate with these four fast bowlers constantly. Because I, I do think that they are, they, I, I do think it's a five-match test series. Uh, some of these guys haven't played at all since the World Test Championship Finals, right? Like, has, have Ishan Sharma and Mohamed Chami played in the counties? No. 
They didn't play in the matches either, so yeah. Yeah, so because like they didn't even do the Ashwin, right? Like Ashwin is the guy that least needs it, but like, he went and played the counties. But so yeah, so I, I definitely think they need to rotate that. With the Pujara thing, I actually disagree with like like the criticism that he's not positive. Like he's the only guy in the team that plays like how he does because I think Rahane is a fairly aggressive test batsman. Kohli is you know fairly aggressive. Like I mean he he gets set in very very quickly. Rohit Sharma is an aggressive opener. Yeah. Uh, Gil can be aggressive. Gil is not a plodder either. So uh, uh, you know and then going down obviously you have Rishabh Pant and Ravindra Jadeja. So I I don't mm-hmm. I think that. Having him being the one guy that does what he does is actually still really useful. But uh, I, what, what I do, where I do agree with Pujara is I do think that uh, sometimes we overlook some of his like barren stretches of run scoring. So I do think that you know maybe this series is in in some ways do or die. You know you give him a couple of chances. Mm-hmm. If Rahane is injured, I guess Vihari brings in. So that means you've got mm-hmm. two guys generally that are fairly slow. But I think Vihari plus punt. If Vihari plays well, Vihari plus punt in the lower middle order, that's right. a pretty good situation. I like that. I still think they need to find their depth there. Maybe like consider uh, you know guys like Shreya Sayer or someone to get into that mm-hmm. middle order spot or maybe try and bring uh, KL Rahul into his ODI role as a number five. So, uh, you know, I think they, they do need to start thinking of more options in the middle order. I think Kohli set for the next four or five years at least. But the Pujara and Rahane spots definitely need to be looked at very carefully. Yeah. With the, like you need yeah. to and make a decision on them right now on whether you're going to stick with them for the rest of this Test Championship cycle, or whether you cut your losses like right now and then you know move ahead with someone young. I think I think this was the same sort of conundrum India had when the last time they toured England. They they had two openers who they immediately axed after the second Test. Murli um, Vijay has never made it back. Uh, Nedra Shikhar Dhawan. Uh, Pujara was dropped at the starting of that tour and then a pretty dismal first test brought him back into the lineup after that. So, um, uh, it, I think India pretty much come a full circle, uh, which I think they have recognized to a certain extent. I think if Shreyas Iyer was fit, he'd have definitely made the squad. Uh, Surya Kumar Yadav somehow has found his way into a test squad. So, I think if Pujara or uh, Rahul Rahane, either of the three don't click, I think one of the spots is going to be occupied by Surya Kumar Yadav. So, uh, I think, yeah, India are making uh, strides into making uh, an, a sort of a revolutionized level for the next edition, I mean, for this edition and for the future editions too. So, yeah, maybe there is a change coming our way, uh, which uh, then now leads me to the next segment, which is predictions. So, yeah, what do you guys, what are your predictions for the series? Um, it base, it's a lot based on the weather and it's going to rain a lot in England. But once it rains, there's no stopping Jimmy Anderson. Uh, and that's the, the only problem for India. I see them winning the series. Right. But if, if you have like two matches uh, which are quite rainy and very start and stop, I, I think Jimmy Anderson will be all over them because he's that good in rainy conditions. And he saw even against New Zealand that when it's once it started raining, India was pretty fragile, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, they should have drawn this match. They didn't. And uh, that's one major problem. So, if if it doesn't rain, I, I, I still think India will definitely uh, give win at least two test matches. If weather permitting, they should be able to win the series 3-2. I think that is the best thing. Um, as for the batting and bowling predictions for England, it's a very, very hard pick in terms of batting. So, maybe I'll just go for a, a wild guess. Let me say that Hamid comes back into the squad with great form in terms of mm-hmm. batting. And in bowling, England is going to rotate throughout. But I think there's no looking past Jimmy Anderson. Easily the mm-hmm. best swing bowler in the world. And maybe of all time if you want to raise that debate, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as for India, I think this is Siraj's series and I definitely think he should start almost all games. Mm-hmm. So, for me, Siraj is the best bowler. As for batting and going for a conventional pick, I think it's been too, too long since he's done something. Kohli. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no one else, I think, who is going to, who's that assured of his place in the squad. 
Kohli, I think it's it's time he did it. And if he didn't, then yeah, I'll stop predicting him again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it like I I think the English one was the most interesting of the lot. Um, but yeah, Ani, what what are your what are your predictions? I predict two uh, one India uh, with a draw and uh, a rain out. Um, or like a a, hmm. a rain affected draw and like a normal draw a rain affected draw and a normal yeah. draw so yeah a I, mean, I, I think a normal draw uh, is going to be pretty difficult to achieve right <laughs> entirely i mean both sides tend to get a lot of these collapses so I, i'll be surprised if i see a normal yeah. draw it would be nice to see one actually uh, yeah, but I yeah, think it's going team. to be one of those situations where like neither team wants to win and then it just <laughs> it just somehow stumbles into a draw. Like, mm-hmm. um, I th- and then batting wise, I'll go I'll go safe. I'll pick uh, Joe Root top scorer for England, and uh, I'll pick um, India. It's even harder actually for me because I have no idea. I, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'll do this just because I want this to happen. So I say Virat Kohli top scorer for India comes back into form. Yeah. He's like. Back to old school, actually two hundreds this this tour. Oh. So that I'll make that prediction. Bowling wise, I think um, I think with India it'll be mostly distrib- well distributed. So I'll go with uh, I think Siraj will get most wickets, mm. and uh, for England, I think Curran will play every game. So I'll go Sam Curran. So that mm. that's my Sam that's Curran my to steal the Jimmy Anderson crown. Yeah, I, I'm expecting. Yeah. I, mean, I think Anderson will play well. I think Anderson will play well, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Karan will just bowl a lot more. I think right. he'll be effective against some of some of our guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm all for Sam Karan, Sam Karan supremacy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, moving moving ahead uh, to mine, um, I think it's going to be somehow England managed to win the series. Like I guess, like it'll be a hard fought last test. So I think it's going to be a three uh, two to England. Um, I think for uh, the best lead, best batsman or the the leading run scorer, uh, actually, I think uh, for England, I'd say England's actually the most difficult one to pick because like all their batsmen are out of form. So I mean, I I think I the closest to form is one is Burns and two is Lawrence. So I'm just gonna toss between the two. I, I I'm gonna go with Burns because he's gonna have most balls to face coming openings. So I'm just gonna be Burns. Uh, for India. Um, I think it is uh, Kohli's series, but I also think it's going to be uh, Rishabh Pant series. So I think it's Pant who's going to come out with the most runs, uh, especially knowing how much this Indian side loves to collapse and wants Rishabh Pant to save them every game. So I think it's going to be Pant who uh, comes out as a top scorer. Um, with the bowling, I think it's going to be a shootout between Robinson and Anderson for England. I think both of them are probably the best bowlers to exploit the conditions in that uh, lineup. So I think Robinson or Anderson, either of them. Uh, while I, I go, while in India, um, it's either Shami or Siraj. So, I mean, I, I think Shami would play more games than Siraj, to be honest. So I'm just going to go with Shami. Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds pretty good. But like, I think if Punt gets the most runs, that will, that means India needs an overhaul, honestly. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think I can do it in another series where the top order just sucks. Dude. Like it's, I, I it's been like a really it's been a really long time since we had like a mm. legit dominant top order performance in India, and it's now like they're more posting off the reputations than mm. anything. So I mean, I really hope they do, and I think I don't think it should be understated that like this is probably the best chance in India ever has to win a right. series. Right. Like I think like they they are clearly the superior team. So. I think they should take it, and if they win the series, that's like a big boost for uh, mm-hmm. getting back to the world greatest championship finals. Because you know, yeah, mm-hmm. this is like the the hardest hurdle is done. Like this is the worst conditions they'll face uh, away. I, I guess maybe South Africa as well. But uh, you know, they're gonna have they're gonna go to five test cities. So, mm. uh, you know, yeah, definitely. I think I think South Africa. Generally, just play three test series. So yeah, definitely a five test series is a much difficult hurdle just because of it's a it's a five test series. Um, but yeah, Anand, any final thoughts before we close for the episode? Yeah, nothing. Um, is there anything you guys, any players you're looking forward to the World Test Championship to just see them maybe perform? 
I'm honestly looking uh, forward to the whole South African batting unit sort of making their name again. Like I, I like to see Markram become become more of a dominant world test batsman. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I want because I know they're grooming him for captaincy. Right, and it's it's high time he asserted himself. I mean, mm. they haven't handled him well, I feel, but I think I I really hope that this season is his year. I mean, it's his yeah. time. So, so he just comes, asserts himself, and becomes a true match winner for South Africa before becoming the captain. Uh, I'm looking forward to actually uh, seeing Pukowski and Cam Green uh, for yeah. Australia. Yeah. I, I really want to watch those guys like be like the next in line for Australia's dominant mm-hmm. batting lineup. I, I think they they really have it in them. And then uh, for a bowler, uh, I really want to see um, Shaheen Shafri continue his good form. He's been the most consistent Pakistan mm-hmm. bowler for the last few years. So. Uh, I really like the way he goes. I like um, he's a very unique bowler for them. So uh, he's the guy that I want to watch, uh, keep an eye on. I mean, for me, it's uh, Nisanka, whom I thought did really well in West Indies, and I hope mm-hmm. Sri Lanka don't ruin him by playing ODIs. He's not an ODI player. He's a Test player. Please play him in Test properly. <laughs> and uh, the other guy whom I already mentioned at the start is Hassan Ali because I clearly think Hassan Ali is the most talented bowler. Uh, Pakistan have produced in five years and I, I just hope one bowler retains his consistency and lives up to his talent because in my opinion he can actually become the best all format bowler in the world so I just hope he achieves that yeah yeah he's he's actually a pretty good bowler when he's he's on song so I mean I, I actually liked Hassan Ali's uh, CT 2017 final display he was a pretty good bowler all through that tournament so yeah I'm also looking forward to Hassan Ali you know becoming Hassan Ali again so yeah, I mean, I guess we've got like a good two-year cycle to see if we also get a few debutants who sort of you know become the next big thing. So uh, yeah, I guess like Test cricket season is back. Good start to it. That's it from me, Alan. And yeah, uh, this, that's it from me as well, Ani. I'm signing off. That's not it for me. You're going to hear me just blabber <laughs> something for the next ten minutes. We're waiting. Right. <laughs> You're just going to hear static and heavy breathing noises. <laughs> the popping trees ASMR podcast. Uh, I think we can make some money out of that. Right.